Hey, boppers. Grooving Movies is a podcast devoted to cult, vintage horror, exploitation, and pre-Haze Code films. Join Eddie French, Emma Tidswell, and Tom King on Grooving Movies every Monday. Can you dig it? And welcome to episode 16 of Movie Bong. Hello, bitch! You, you did a voice. I did, I did, I did. Were you, were you being Freddy Krueger there? Uh, why would I have been being him? Because this week, Mike, we're doing a Nightmare on Elm Street special. Ooh! <laughs> it's scary. You did a ghost voice yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, there's no, there's, yeah. It's not really a ghost film. It's one of the uh, most popular horror franchises in history. It is. Reportedly, uh, it was the sort of... Uh, it was what got New Line Cinema going, I think. it was. They, they, they say that the success is sort of down to the Freddy franchise. Yeah, yeah. And, and what's quite interesting about that is uh, it, it, the success of uh, New Line was down to success of the Freddy franchise, not not the first movie, yeah. uh, actually the franchise of films, which, which we're going to get into. Now, obviously, uh, any horror fan will be aware, any long franchise like this is going to have... Uh, uh, varying quality throughout it so really interesting that the franchise is what put like like really nightmare on elm street 5 is what <laughs> is what saved new line cinema <laughs> yeah well yeah going back to a few of them it's uh it's interesting viewing yeah i mean now i've come to this as i'm a huge halloween fan yeah as am i like michael myers is my boy because uh, a lot of people tend to be like Jason fans, uh, and there are a lot of Freddy fans out there. I love Halloween. It's possibly one of my favourite Carpenter movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not as big a fan of the sequels. I love the third one because it's just completely separate and it's mad. I mean, I'm a huge fan of all of the Halloween movies. I mean, I think I would uh, go as far to say there hasn't been a bad Halloween movie. Really? Uh yeah, because even when they're bad, they're dead good. I mean, I'm someone who literally has a tattoo from uh, Halloween. I've got the the Mark of Thorn, which I think isn't even a narrative point brought up until Halloween 5 or 6. Um, and I, I love them, like because it starts to go mad and they sort of bring in this idea of uh, that there's like a cult, a murder cult called the Cult of Thorn. Yeah. Um, and then it goes into quite interesting stuff with like the legacy of Michael Myers, uh, like at the end of Halloween 4 when Jamie um, like murders or like attacks a family member and it's sort of suggesting that she has caught the sickness that that Michael got and it's sort of like hereditary and that there's sort of like a... Uh, a family like a genetic nature to it and i find that quite yes, interesting that is interesting but um as a slasher he compared to say freddy yeah uh, he is a bit 
limited and um much so jason maybe it's uh, jason's this sort of from the friday the 13th movies he's just this unmovable brawn this huge lump of evil um <laughs> and you know just going around and fucking chopping shit up um and of course freddie and jason will meet we'll get on to that later <laughs> um but um, Freddy was just uh, an incredible concept because it was taking on the slasher thing, but then putting the slasher in your mind. <laughs> like, it's a weird concept, you know. You can put a slasher in a, in a, in a summer camp uh, by a lake or um, in a high school, but putting it in your fucking mind, and it's in your dreams. Well, I think what it did was it started, it brought surrealist elements to slasher films, and that just blew the genre wide open. I mean, it it's a very creative franchise and that is the strength of the Nightmare series is its inventiveness, um, its surrealism. It's uh, willing to have a laugh. It's quite... Uh, we, we're talking about how, how clowny it is. It's, uh, it's, it's satirical in places and, and, and very, very humorful. Yeah, and that's what Craven, Wes Craven, uh, who was the man behind... Uh, the original Nightmare, and then, you know, popped back in throughout the franchise. And we're big Wes Craven fans. Yes. We, this is, this we love... This is what he does. Uh, what, um, was it Children Under the Stairs? Uh, People Under the Stairs. Yes. Um, Vampire in Brooklyn, I really yeah, like. Yeah, it's a great one. <laughs> we watched Scream 4 the other night. Yes. And I thought it was fucking great. It's fantastic, that film. And uh, within that franchise, which is another, you know, he's behind the Scream franchise as well as the Nightmare franchise. It's crazy. But um, that's got some similarities to his approach going back to the franchise, like New Nightmare mm-hmm. with this. There's certain similarities um, we'll get on to later, with, uh, but Screen 4 is fantastic. Well, let's get into uh, the movies then. Let's start with uh, the, the first one. It's a good place to start. This was my first time sitting down and watching it start to finish that I can recall. And uh, I enjoyed it a bit more than I, I thought I would. Uh, I knew it was going to be good anyway. Um, but I think what really pops in this movie is there's a few really inventive deaths and there's a few like... Uh, visually creative scenes that use realistic effects. Well, <laughs> as realistic as these <laughs> yeah. B-movies can be. And uh, yeah, is that good? Well, it, yeah, it is. Um, it's the beginning of the inventive deaths. And obviously the inventive deaths is the strongest part of the whole franchise of Freddy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so you're seeing the birth of it. And that's why it was different to those other slasher movies because it came about and you were having these surreal, weird deaths Um you know, where the slasher is invisible and the woman's, you know, getting dragged around a fucking room and there's blood everywhere (laughs) and, you know, and all this crazy shit. Um, I watched this film as a kid. My parents went out and my brothers, my older, two older brothers, they're upstairs um, probably playing computer games or whatever and I knew this was on TV so I sneaked downstairs, was really young and I watched it and it was fucking terrifying, <laughs> like as a little kid. Um, His long arms. The bit with the long arms the... is fucking terrifying. <laughs> if you've never seen this film, uh, he's got big long arms and he runs through a fucking alleyway. And With long arms. I mean, it, it's it's scarier than it sounds. Well, okay, it's not. Well, it's not that scary now when you watch it, but <laughs> I mean, it's a bit stupid. But there is a running theme. It the is a running arms. theme come, in the movie. Come back. Uh, his long arms save him on multiple occasions. <laughs> I remember that there's at least twice later in the Freddy franchise where something's happening to him, and I was like, 
Ah, but he's got stretchy arms. He could, <laughs> he could get out of that with his stretchy arms. And then all of a sudden, he gets long arms. Yeah. And he gets out of it. I mean, yeah, if Stretch Armstrong had been in some sort of burning accident. Well, he's definitely the Captain Fantastic of the, uh, the horror world. Is it not Mr. Fantastic? Oh, I think you're right. Anyway. Motherfucker. Doesn't matter. Freddy, they're not in, yeah, and Freddy's not Marvel. So, <laughs> although Freddy did pop up in um, Ready Player One, which I watched uh, the other night. Yeah, you hated that. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, like, Freddy popped up for a second, I'm sure, but tons of characters pop up in that film. But, you know, I just didn't care. It's just, it's, it's like watching a fucking shit video game played really badly, that film. One thing that we really need to talk about, and I think it's pretty much uh, the linchpin of the entire series and what really... Well, what makes it work or makes it push through? And that is Robert England's performance in these films. Yes, it is. You kind of take it for granted a bit, don't you? But then when you think about it and how much how much work he does put in <laughs> in this franchise. I mean, he really believes in the character. Like he, um, I, I've seen him talk in interviews about the character. And I mean, he really loves this character that he's created. And he doesn't just... Um, he doesn't just love them. He's, he's interested in them and uh, it formulates all sorts of interesting theories about them. He's got all sorts of uh, interesting ideas about um, about culturally, like their stature and what it means. Like I know he talks a lot about how they're like a gunslinger. And you can kind of see that in like the, in the silhouette with uh, the lowered shoulder and the hat. Uh, and loads of other interesting stuff as well. But he's fantastic. Well, I did tell you that I met him, didn't I? You you did, uh, but tell I, the listeners. Uh, yes, well, I met him. <laughs> um, uh, I have uh, the, the DVD box set right here, um, which obviously you can't see. No, but this. he is holding it up. Yeah, I'm holding it up at the microphone. Which is very confusing. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Um, but yeah. And it says... He's uh, now looking at it so that he's not talking directly into the microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It <laughs> says... Uh, sorry, it says um, for Mike, uh, love, uh, you know, Robert, or whatever, and some squiggle. Uh, but he wasn't wearing the glove at the time. He made a joke about, you know, nearly circumcising himself going to the toilet. I mean, he was very funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I paid a shitload because I've got his, like, book and I've got that signed for... As a present for my brother and... Uh, well, we've yeah. certainly got our money's worth out of it this week, uh, watching this box set. We have. Um, and as I was talking about the first one, so we've got Nancy. We've got... Um, got Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp uh, is one of the, the, the Elm Street kids. Sort of reminds me of George Clooney's performance in, I believe it's Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah, either Attack or Return. I think, I think it's, it's Return. return. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know what to say about this, but he, he does a he does a great job. He doesn't seem to. I don't know about you, but I don't think he he stands out necessarily in this film. <laughs> I mean, we see films like this all the time. There's all sorts of '80s slasher films with young casts, and they all sort of bleed into one. I think every now and then you come across actresses that really stand out or actors. People like Jamie Lee Curtis really stands out for yeah. me. Nev Campbell stands out for me. Yeah. Um, but Johnny Depp in this is just <laughs> literally any teenager. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and uh, a nice addition to the first film, and he will appear later on, is uh, John Saxon, who's like an old school 70s actor. He's in Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee. He is absolutely fantastic, but let's not forget that Johnny Depp will also reappear 
later in the franchise. Oh, shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll get to that. Let's get back to Saxon because I'm a big fan of him as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he ever appears throughout this franchise, it's it's like, oh, there's Saxon. It's okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's just a sort of classic square jawed. Adam West-like sort of actor, I don't know. Um, How many movies was he in, Saxon? Because I know that he was in a few of these. I think he's in uh, this one, number three, Dream Warriors, and uh, New Nightmare, number seven. Yes, you are. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, sure, everyone's familiar with the concept of these movies and, and Freddy himself. And, you know, he, he he's a child killer. He's been burnt by all these... Um, by all the parents of this, this, you know, around Elm, Elm Street, and uh, yeah, he comes back and invades the children's dreams, and he's after the children of Elm Street. Basically. Well, well, I actually think one of the things that's great about this film is uh, the plot and the, the screenplay because a lot of those details. Uh, they're not all dropped at once. It's not all just uh, a big exposition dump at the start of the film. Um, there's actually a mystery element to it. And you actually don't find out about um, the historic killing until at least halfway through the film. And I think that's very clever because uh, at the start, he's a very sort of like abstract threat. Where's he come from? Why is he doing what he's doing? And then I find it really interesting to... It's basically blaming parents. And I feel like that's... a a strong theme in the film is it's um, it's children having to deal with the consequences of their parents' actions. And I think they tell the story really well in this film. And I think that's what I really like about it. Yeah, because it's a really inventive concept, a really good story. Um, and I think, and, and it's how they use that in all the different films and how they um, use and how they approach the deaths as well, which are always inventive and fun most of the time and sometimes really horrific um, <laughs> but yeah so the first one's a, a horror classic i think and i think it's good it establishes its rules um well which the the rest of the movies don't so much yeah. i mean it kind of i mean we're, we're going to get into it it does lose its way a little <laughs> bit but i uh, i do think this first movie is a a strong yeah and production and, um, and I remember just the five, six, Freddy's coming for, you know, just the crucifix, <laughs> just all that. It was just really spooky as a kid. And it's in your face as well. The way Wes, Wes Craven's always, um, when he's good, he's good. And with beginnings, when he has a good beginning, he's got a really solid beginning. We just watched Scream yeah. 4. The beginning to that is fantastic, isn't it? I mean, the, the whole of it's great. But yeah. I do, I, yeah. I take your point, like the the beginning of it is particularly great. Yeah. So in some of it, like in the first Freddy, it sort of starts straight away and you sort of see the murderer, the guys, the villain straight away, really, don't you? But then mm. that's the whole point of those films because they always start within a dream and then they wake up and, you know, it all sort of kicks off. Also in the first one, and I think this happens to a lot of horror franchises, you don't see him as much in this first film. They start to use him visually a lot more in much stronger lighting as the franchise goes down. But in the first film, he's kind of a he's a silhouette in places. He's a figure. He's in the distance. Yeah, and I, I mean, quite like that. He's still there much more than someone like Michael. Yes. Oh, definitely. You know? Or anything like that. He is still this this sort of in-your-face, wisecracking. He's the class clown of the sort of serial killer group. Yeah, he definitely is. He's much more of a Pennywise. Yeah. 
I mean, you'd think Chucky would be, but Chucky's not. Chucky's more cranky. Um, and then Jason's strong, silent. I mean, so is Michael Myers, but my, um, he's a bit more sort of mysterious and I don't know. Well, he's very Joker. Who, Freddy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's a right oh, Joker. He's a right character. But that uh, is, that's what I like about this uh, film, and I think that's what sets it apart, is its humour. And it's um uh, uh, yeah, and it's imagination and uh, little twists and turns towards the end. It's it's all good fun. Now, yeah, you say it's all good fun, but we're moving on to Nightmare on Elm Street two now. Yes, um, things take a turn. Is is this Freddy's Revenge? Is that what it's called? Uh, let me just check my signed uh, DVD box set, uh, <laughs> signed by Robert account. England, Freddy himself. A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. What have you got to say about this one? It's uh, it's an odd one. I <laughs> I have a bit of a soft spot for it. Uh, you probably know why. <laughs> it's because... really gay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I've said this to some people and some people who've seen it and they just go, is it? And I'm like... Yeah, it is. It, well, <laughs> it's very strange. I can see why some people would miss how fucking gay it is. Um, but it's it, like Top Gun gay. It is. Yeah, it's I mean, it, no, it's it's uh, it goes a little bit further than Top Gun gay, but it is along those lines where there's there's a lot of sort of um, oh yeah, because there's actual gay you know, like, stuff in it. Male romance suggested, uh, but nothing ever said. Nothing is ever explicitly gone. Oh, they're gay, and no boys ever kiss on screen. But like, there is a really, really weird scene where <laughs> a kid. Uh, well, the main goes, kid. Yeah, the main, yeah, the main character. So in this, it's not a, a young girl, which is quite usual for these kind of films. So it's a bit different this one because there's, um, it's a lad. It's it's this sort of. Bit of an odd lad, and they they they've moved in. His family have moved into Nancy's old house, uh, yeah, in a, on Elm Street. So it's a straightforward, and it's a sort of like a possessed haunted house films almost in places, and um, and yet yeah, he he sort of makes a weird bond in his dream with Freddy, and uh, yeah, it goes a bit. How, how would you describe rapey? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a scene where this kid um, who is... Oh, by the way, like throughout this movie, uh, it feels like the whole dreams thing is a strong sort of like... It, it feels like a coming out story anyway from the off. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a it's a young boy struggling with their emotions and their feelings and feeling different to everyone else and not knowing how to fit in. It's got those strong vibes anyway. But then halfway through the film, there's a scene where he goes to a gay bar... They never say it's a gay bar, but there's a lot of men in there in leather and no women um, and lots of party music like Donna Summer, um, where he meets or bumps into his PE teacher, who is also dressed in like rubber and leather. And then his PE teacher sort of like puts his hand on his shoulder and says some words to the effect that he's going to punish this kid for Mm. being in this bar. And then the next scene is the child sort of like frantically running to the shower (laughs) in his sports hall so he can clean himself because he feels dirty. And I'm sorry, there's there's just a strong suggestion that this child gets gets sexually abused. And And he's wanting him to shower. It's um... it's just, it's very strange because it feels like 
it feels like Freddy in this entire movie is actually just a dream and mm. none of it's real. Yeah. And it's actually just a, a sort of like psychosis from um, him being like abused and shamed as yeah. a young gay man. <laughs> Which is, um, I've been feeling a sort of weird psychosis watching this franchise and I, I sort of dozed <laughs> off, I dozed off le- slightly at the end of um, the second one and we were in a gay bar last night, weren't we? Yeah. Um, but that didn't happen. <laughs> no, our, none of our PE teachers were there. No, no. Well, no, 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 no. They definitely, yeah. I mean, I can't say for sure, but um, I didn't see any. Yeah, yeah. I did have a shower afterwards because I felt dirty. Right, yeah, yeah. But, um, and so Freddy's been invading my dreams. These, these, these films have been very, um, yeah, they can get to you. Oh, are you saying you've been having gay dreams, Mike? I think, am I? After watching... Is this what you're... After watching confessing? Freddy's Revenge... <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. I think I might be a bit of a gay. <laughs> Wait, what? This has turned you gay? Of all the great gay things out there, and it's Nightmare 2 that's turned you gay. Yeah. Like, I don't know, go and watch a musical. I've, well, I'd watch the musical of, of this, yeah, of Nightmare on Elm Street. Early recordings of Bette Midler, don't... Hasn't Freddie done some music? I mean, surely they could do a musical version of this. <laughs> um, Dream, Ro- Dream Warriors, the third one, particularly would make a great musical. But, um, yeah, so so it's, yeah, so it's different, this one, in many ways. Yeah, I think um, what I like about it is, you know, there aren't that many films, particularly not films that were that are this big in like franchises this widely known that have gay themes. So I kind of appreciate that. Also, uh, I'd like to say it's not the only movie in the Freddy franchise, and we'll get to one later that has gay themes. Like, uh, I think it's a fairly LGBT friendly horror franchise. <laughs> I know, and I don't really. It's one of those things you don't really expect. Like when we watched the Police Academy films, and mm. I didn't expect them to be so progressive. Uh, oh, I mean, not that they... Uh, sorry, <laughs> let's not get into that. But um, the seven films of that, seven films of this. Well, and no, aren't there's, there's, we've watched more than seven. Yeah, there? because we watched the remake. Yeah, so are there eight? Yeah, but that's not part of the franchise, really. Right. That's just the remake of the first one. There's seven Freddy movies. All right. Okay. Because the six was meant to be the. We've final. got really off course. Yeah, like I'm cutting all of this. Like <laughs> <Okay>. what? <laughs> right. Well, let's get back on track. Moving on to Nightmare on Elm Street Three: Dream Warriors. A very popular one. Yeah. To other people, not to me. I'm not. You know, I'm not a. I, I like. I like it. I think it's great. <laughs> Um, it's, this was when, um, Wes Craven came back to the franchise. He, he was a co-writer on it. Um, and it was sort of setting after the fir- the second one was a, just a little bit of a sort of, didn't really know where to go slightly. Although I appreciate it, didn't the, this takes it on its course that will carry it on through the sort of fourth and fifth. This, this sets it on a path, um, where we've got new characters. Um, there's some old characters in the third one. Nancy mm-hmm. returns uh, as a dream therapist. Mm-hmm. We've got John Saxon appears again. Oh, lovely John Saxon. But the main star here is Patricia Arquette um, as Kirsten, who is um, a girl in this mental institute with a load of other sort of um, a load of other kids with uh, 
well, issues, let's say. And um, they are the sort of last kids of Elm Street. Patricia Arquette does a fantastic job in this. I mean, she really does stand out. And I think this is the first one where I really kind of notice... Uh, Nightmare does have some feminist tones and themes, and I appreciate that. Uh, obviously, it's not the first horror franchise to do so. Uh, both Alien and, and Halloween have strong feminist um, themes throughout them. Um, but I didn't expect to see them in Freddy. I thought Freddy was always going to be a bit of a uh, frat boy sexist but you know because he is a blokey bloke i'm freddy i'm a big bloke yeah yeah and because i spent a week watching all of the police academy movies the other (laughs) week um but but these are much more progressive and you know a lot of these films are about kick-ass women and if you are looking for kick-ass women i do think this is the best of the franchise yeah and this brings fantasy in there and you've got um because they embrace the dreams and it's about the dream warriors and the kids becoming sort of heroes you know there's 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 little elements of x-men in there there's little Mm -hmm. elements of um just little sort of comic booky stuff there's a disabled kid who turns into a wizard yeah uh, in his dreams and i don't think that it necessarily loses all of its uh lgbt themes either i think that like um this movie's very camp, is basically what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's got some fantastic deaths in it, though. The 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 the, the bit. One of my favourite Freddy deaths is when he turns into a television and his head pops out the top. He gets arms that come out. Yeah. And then he pulls the girl into the TV, and there's just a great image of her hanging. Yeah. And um, I think maybe what's his name, Lawrence Fishburne finds her because he's in this film uh, i forgot larry fishburne was in this yeah. is he still credited as larry fishburne he's, yeah he's credited as larry and he's he's just like a cool porter in there that <laughs> gets you know uh well yeah he doesn't have the best of times is this the film with the uh puppet death where like the veins go up into the roof and they work them like a puppet is that that one or is that the fourth <laughs> don't know why i said it like that um, Probably should have paid it's... more attention when we did all of this great research. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have just, you know, shoved a lot of Freddy in our brains, <laughs> um, which is not what you're not meant to do in those films. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. It's got some. Um, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because a lot with this franchise, they'll go into elements of almost in Dream Warriors, elements of kids' movie, and yeah. then suddenly, bang, you'll have a just horrible fucking death. Yeah, it's what's kind of impressive is like they really don't hold back on those deaths. Like that, there are bits where it does feel a little bit childish and a little bit family friendly, and you're kind of like, oh, is this to bring the rating down? But then you know, like someone will die in a really horrific way, and you're like, oh no, this is still a fucking like eighteen or whatever. So it like softens it a little bit, but it's still it's still a gruesome yeah. film throughout. Yes, yes, and I was just saying, has he done a kids' film? I mean, he could easily do. Um, I mean, he is one of the kings of horror, but there are moments in there when, particularly like people under the stairs, mm. he could do a sort of a more a PG or twelve kids' film. Well, I think he's hosted like a, a Goosebumps type yeah, yeah. TV show of yeah, like if I'm horror compilation. If thing. I'm completely wrong here, and he's probably directed like a famous family film or something. <laughs> what Freddy Krueger has directed? Well, no, where's Craven? Oh right. Craven. I mean, uh, <laughs> no, I don't mean Freddy going into direction. Although that could work in the the seventh. It all goes a bit meta, and where's Craven turns up. Um, but we'll come to that. And when he says cut, he really fucking means it. Yes. 
Um, so where were we? Well, um, we're on Nightmare 3, Dream Warriors. Uh, what I'd like to say about this film, my only real criticism is kind of about the family-friendly elements, actually. I do think that sometimes it gets a little bit too soft and it goes a little bit too lame. The way <laughs> yeah. I'd describe it is uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is gay, like actually gay, like yeah. LGBT gay. Whereas Nightmare on Elm Street 3 is like gay as in like school ground gay, like <laughs> it's a bit gay. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like the wizard kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. straight from the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Yeah. I and know. I'm sorry. It, it's just a bit wimpy. It's a bit dated, but I, I can see why at the time and growing up, watching it on VHS and stuff, it was one of the fun ones. And, you know, you'd be really like, you know, because you'd all watch a lot of horror films. And Of, of all the ones, though, I think this uh, would probably be the, the best for a remake. And I think if you did want yes. to remake the series, you shouldn't go back to the start. You should remake this one because I think that... Like someone, something like Netflix, I think would be all over this. Like it's got strong uh, inclusivity themes yeah. uh, with the main cast. Yeah, it's, and it, it's just you know it's a Netflix movie yeah, waiting to be remade. You just call it Dream Warriors. Yeah, you don't call it Freddy, and you have Freddy in it, but you don't like focusing on him and the name or anything. That's you call very it clever. Dream Warriors. You could TV series even, and then you get like uh, Kin and Shipka, who's uh, Sabrina. From yeah. the chilling, chilling adventures of Sabrina yeah. to be like Patricia yeah. Arquette's character. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could totally see that. And with the um, success of Stranger Things, I, I, I feel like uh, this is a franchise that's been left by the wayside. I think maybe the 2010 remake was misjudged and has kind of fucked it up for a bit. Um, but I feel like this is something that could really fly now. I think people are interested in comedic comedy, um, surreal comedy, sorry, surreal horror. Um, and I, I think this would be perfect yes. for a return. Yeah, so reboot Dream Warriors, leave Nightmare on Elm Street alone, <laughs> if that makes sense. Moving on to Nightmare on Elm Street 4, which is Dream Master? Yes, yes, uh, the Dream Master, yes. And this uh, brings characters from uh, Dream Warriors. This mm -hmm. brings um, Patricia Arquette's character, but not played by... Uh, Patricia Arquette. No, this. they recast her. Yes, with some actress. They also, <laughs> um, spoilers, uh, kill her um, <laughs> in the film, which I think is a bit harsh. Uh, I don't think Patricia Arquette's character should be killed off. Yeah, and the other two, there's there's two others, the Kilcade and, and the other the, the guy that didn't speak much at all. Oh, right, yeah, and yeah. And he, yeah. Um, they all, they, they, because they bring him in and then they don't last long <laughs> for no. the film, really. Um, and then it sort of transfers the film on because it's um, Kirsten or Kristen, whatever, Patricia Arquette, who's not Patricia, actually Patricia Arquette's <laughs> character. Um, she's got a boyfriend. He's got a sister. Um, that sister uh, is strong and is uh, and has powers. Mm -hmm. Basically, uh, she tra she team she bonds with uh, Kirsten, Kristen, whatever, ex Patricia Arquette, artist Alice. Family. Her name's Alice. No, Kirsten. Yeah, Alice is the new one. Yeah, and she becomes, uh, well, she will become the Dream Master. And when she does become the Dream Master, that's when you said it went a bit gay, for good reason. She gets <laughs> all the studs on, she's like proper sort of strong. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
Nightmare on Elm Street 4 is, uh, again, a strong LGBT-themed movie. Uh, But what I quite like about this is it's female-led, and it's definitely about a lesbian. And (laughs) I... I can't remember really ever seeing uh, a horror movie about a lesbian. Um, or the, Actually, no, I did watch one on Netflix the other day, which the name escapes me. I think we spoke about it. The les- anyway, yeah, I know. anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, what I really like about this is I get, I get really strong Captain Marvel vibes from the main characters. Yeah. They are a lot like Carol Danvers in their little sort of like jackets. Um, and she gets, yeah, she gets a studded wristband later. Um, but it just feels very girl power, very riot girl, very third wave feminist. I I love it. Is this the one where she's got the friend with the huge big glasses and you know, she's like a nerd, but she's quite cool, but she's got the big glasses. Yeah. Remember? And there's like, there aren't like a sort of, yeah, again, like Dream Warriors, there's sort of a little team and her and her brother, Alice and her brother, and then she sort of goes off and and yet to find her destiny as the true dream master to properly fight freddy i think we've explained this movie terribly yeah um but i also think this movie wasn't that well made yeah Um, it's hard to explain it's just just a dream master she just like it's just about fighting back fighting it's the freddy fight back movie it's about fighting the patriarchy and lesbians being cool uh, which I'm on board with. Let's move on, uh, get away from this nonsense, to uh, The Dream Child, which is Nightmare 5. Yes, I'd like to go back to the nonsense, to be fair, because this film's quite fucking unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Oh, I mean, yeah, this is the one where the franchise takes a really strange twist. Yeah, because he is a child murderer. We get, we, we get it. He's a horrible bastard. Uh-huh. But this film sort of keeps taking that goes with it it's got all the effects it's got these inventive deaths but it sort of doesn't really i know you're not i know with morals and horror movies it's all a gray area but like i don't know it just doesn't really handle itself very well if you know what i mean this movie basically loses the humor of the franchise which is what's been keeping it going uh what makes it playful and funny and you know like Freddy's a, a, a humorous villain. I mean, we've spoke about this a lot already, but this film is the first one where it's just nasty and it's just cruel and it's just misogynist as well, yeah. which for, for a franchise which up until this point has been quite feminist and at times quite pro-LGBT, um, it's pretty mental that, you know, <laughs> women are getting treated like this all of a sudden in this series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean... the. the Throughout the, the the films, you've had that great line of it's a dark line, it's a horror movie line. It's he's he's the son of a hundred maniacs, mm-hmm. um, and that's the sort of if you don't yeah if you don't know the background of Freddy, um, his mother was a nun. She sort of pops up in like Dream Warriors and stuff, and that's where you start, they start exploring his backstory mm-hmm. quite a lot. And um, his friend, his mama was a nun. She got yeah, it was a bit nasty. He's the son of a hundred maniacs. You can work out what happened. and uh, But they focus a lot on that in this film. Yeah, they like actually kind of half show the incident. Uh, and it, and it's, it seems so unnecessary. Yeah, because that's always been just this cool line. And you can say it, it's dark, but then you leave it there. You th- but they, they, they focus on it and they concentrate on it quite a bit. Yeah, and I would like to stress like how cool that original line is in the first movie when yeah. they explain who he is and his origin story, and they say he is the bastard of a hundred maniacs. That is chilling, and there's so much, 
to that that you do with that information in your head and this like sort of needlessly details that yeah and it it's not nice. It just sort of crashes through it. And and don't get us wrong, like we're not obviously we're not sitting down to watch horror movies yeah. looking for niceness. Yeah, we're not trying to be offended or anything. You know. But, don't. <laughs> but if I am watching a Freddy movie, I'm expecting a Freddy movie, and this isn't a Freddy movie. This is a Jason movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's more like the top gear of the <laughs> serial killer. Well, funnily enough, I have this complaint of uh, Halloween H2O and Halloween Resurrection. Right. Um, the later Halloween movies. I think they're seven and eight in the uh, franchise. We might have to just do a Halloween episode. I've over. seen them all, but I'll happily watch them again. <laughs> we'll wait till Halloween, maybe. Um, anyway, those two films, uh, H2O and Resurrection... I find those are very uh, Friday the 13th and they turn Michael into a very Jason-like killer um, and they lose a lot of their magic as a result. And I think the same thing happens here. Yeah. Well, yeah, because straight away you've got sort of like harsh birth fetus shit, I don't know, and then and then it's straight into sort of nasty... That, that death, uh, there's a particular death of a young black girl who um, is sort of like no, sucked the, the... to death. <laughs> oh, you know God, I mean? yeah, yes. Where she, but what, basically what's quite harrowing about this death is uh, she's been a great character up until this point. Oh, no, and she's the one I was talking about with the big glasses, yeah. Sorry. Right, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she gets sucked. So she's quite a strong um, sort of like, we are talking about the right film, aren't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and she's yeah. in... Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Because so she's... it's got the hollow harsh deaths. We are getting confused because we have spunked them into our brains. There is this one character who's like a young black girl, but um, she's she's very clever. She's quite studious. Um, and I think that's quite an interesting um, and progressive stereotype for a character to be given, um, to, for a person of colour to be given at this time in movies. I think it's really cool and it's really progressive. But then she has this... Really needless death. I don't know. Yeah. The way she'd been portrayed up until this point was she was going to be a character that was going to make it or at least have a death that meant something. And then she has a horrible degrading death really early on. <laughs> yeah. How does she die? She's all sucked up in bits. Yeah. They sort of like, she sort of gets like vacuum right. sucked into herself. Ooh, but yeah. it, but it's people, done... Some people pay for that. But it's filmed in a very... Uh, Awful way. It sort of like uses like a, it kind of uses like a brown rubber glove sort yeah. of effect. It's very uncomfortable. I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> what year? What year was that? What? Which we're on number five, Dream Child. I mean, we're getting into the yeah, it's like the late eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a, another horrible death with the, the, the skinny white model girl and she overeats and then her face like pumps up full of food. It's oh yeah. And like, um, I mean, there's disgusting deaths in this and, and I know that's the beauty of the Freddy films, but there's inventive and there's silly and then there's just gross. <laughs> and this one's just all the gross ones. And what's interesting is like, we've watched all of these films back to back and we, we, we really notice this change. It's, yeah. uh, you know, we are judging it alongside all of the others and all of the others seem to be fairly consistent mm. with uh, how invented the deaths are and how humorous they are. But, you know. Yeah, well, plot-wise, um, and this is Alice and it's about Alice still in this. She's the dream master, but now she's pregnant. Right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you can see where this is going. Freddy's around and, oh. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, and there's like there's the the Freddy baby at the beginning. Yeah, so that's why it's all quite dark because it's all around pregnancy and it's centered around. So it's a bit. It's already a bit dodgy. But I think that's why um, I'm really surprised when it goes all misogynist because it's got strong female themes. Like it's a movie about pregnancy. It's a movie about motherhood. Yeah. Uh, but then it treats its women awfully. Um, you know, any other franchise, like for instance, like the alien franchise, which is about motherhood and pregnancy and all of that. Like it's still a very matriarchal franchise. Yeah. Like women do uh, succeed in those yeah. films. Uh, whereas in this, it's a movie about motherhood that treats mothers like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, she bonds with her alcoholic dad. He's still in it. Same actor. They, 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 they try to carry on characters and actors a bit throughout this franchise. But sort of like there's a new one for like two films and there's a new one. But he's back. And yeah, it's about motherhood, fatherhood th- and gross deaths. I think for me, one of the downfalls of this series is that it doesn't have that many memorable performers in it. Aside from Patricia Arquette, I don't think any of the the main cast of like a nightmare movie, aside from Robert England, has really popped on screen. Uh, John Saxon. Yeah, yeah, well, okay, he, I'll he give only, you Saxon. Yeah, he pops up in three of them. Um, as he's Nancy's father, who's also the the cop sheriff. But when you compare that to other other series, you know, you compare that to like Sigourney Weaver in Alien. I mean, you know, Alien, Aliens, and Alien. Well, I mean, I like all of them. Um, <laughs> we know they've all got strong um, casts and interesting casts. Um, you know, characters that you'd remember if they went into the next film. But with this, like, I sit down to watch a new nightmare film. And I'm introduced to the main characters, and I actually don't know if I've if I've seen them before, if they were in the movie that we just watched, yeah, if they've yeah. been recast as someone else. Well, I guess that's the problem from the third and the fourth because they bring characters in and then they get rid of them quite quickly. So, uh, and then and then you're meant to suddenly okay, so we're following these guys now, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, so the fifth one though is um, yeah, just a bit fucking grim. <laughs> let's be honest yeah it's not our fave let's move on to uh, the sixth one yes which is uh, f- the the weird 3D one which is uh, Freddy the, not the yeah Nightmare on Elm Street 6 Freddy's dead oh I thought we were up to new Nightmare have we still got we've got oh my god yeah are we going on for long I can't believe we watched <laughs> this many movies in a week this was so excessive <laughs> I know, uh, but we went with it. Um, By the way, if you do have any suggestions for franchises you'd like us to do, tweet us. We're happy to have a look at them. Yeah, because we're going to do pitches. We're going to do pitches on this one. It's always quite fun doing these sort of pitches with already existing material. Anyway, uh, back to Nightmare 6. Interesting one. The first half of it, I think, some of the best uh, of the front of the of the nightmare series, yeah. Because much like Police Academy Six, uh-huh. um, it gets some jokes back in it. It gets some levity back in there. It's punchy. Um, after the grimness of after the Ken almost Ken Loach abortion dramaness of <laughs> um, um, fucking uh, Dream Child, we have the levity of. Um, uh, Freddy's dead. There's the, the, uh, that guy from Clueless and uh, what's his name? Brecken and, and Road Trip. Brecken. Oh yeah, I don't know his name, but Brecken I know... Beacon, whatever his name is. <laughs> the main character in Road Trip. Yeah, yeah, he's a stoner in this. You've got uh, you've got a deaf guy who really suffers. I mean, he gets fucking killed quite yeah. harshly. 
There's a lot of ear go- shit going on. Yeah. I mean, I felt more sorry for the stoner, obviously, because uh, he's my kind. But um, the deaf guy does get fucked. Again, though, like, um, it's a recurring thing in this franchise of uh, inclusive characters being brought <laughs> yeah. into it. it it's, it's quite good because it, there aren't many horror franchises that do have people with um, interesting disabilities or yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. di- different abilities well, and it stuff. it does seem like an excuse so they can do weird deaths. Like, he gets, like, <laughs> yeah. a fucking... Uh, Cotton-budded to death. Yeah, yeah, and then he gets, like, a hearing aid, which is, like, a fucking weird bug hearing aid that, like, breaks his ear up and shit and, like, grows into his ear, and it's all fucking weird. <laughs> um, but this has got a great... Um, the, yeah, the great little stoner moment... And he goes in the TV and then he's in like a sort of Mario computer game. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, But this is the one with the Johnny Depp cameo. Yes, and Roseanne Barr and Tom Arnold. And uh, Alice Cooper plays Freddy Krueger's dad. Yes. Um, Which is a fantastic cameo. Uh, Alice Cooper's always good. He's he's good in uh, Prince of Darkness. Yeah, well, he's in a band at the moment with Johnny Depp called Hollywood Vampires. I wonder if they reminisce about their time on the set of Nightmare 6. Maybe that's where they met. Maybe, and then started a band with some guy from Aerosmith, I think. Um, The Johnny Depp cameo in this is genuinely good as well. It's a fun way to use him. He's basically, he's sat in a hospital room, he turns on the TV, Johnny Depp is doing a commercial, and then in the commercial, uh, Johnny Depp is beheaded by... Uh, Freddy Krueger, and it, it it's pretty funny. It's it's yeah. playful. Yeah, and there's some great moments in this, but then it sort of takes a weird shift uh, halfway through. Yeah, we kind of think it. I mean, we should have probably done a bit more research, but we <laughs> think it had some production issues because uh, tonally, it, it, there's a big shift halfway through. Yeah, and half of the characters are just sort of disappear. Yeah, and the guy again. I mean, this is a problem it had throughout the sort of franchise on long form, but within this film, you have the same problems whacked into this this one film because you've got a character that you're following and then suddenly you're not following them. You're following some other people Mm. um, and then they don't even fucking exist anymore in a way. But you have to, well, um, it's, yeah, it's a bit odd. It's odd, but it's good in places. Let's let let's move on now. Let's move on to New Nightmare. Yes, the transformative, the meta, the 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 the, 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 the you know he he approaches Wes Craven's back basically, and it's I think probably the most inventive of yes. the series. Wes Craven's mixing it up I, just before he does Scream, so this is very like a sort of pre-Scream. Uh, you can see what you know some influences and similarities there. Yeah, I really appreciate um, how this is reimagined um, because it'd be so easy for them to do just a straight sequel um, or even a remake at this point. But they choose to basically bring Freddy into the real world. Um, And I think realistically, when you sit down and think about it, that makes him scarier. And I do think it's it was the right decision. Yes. Um, I mean, it does mean that 
the actors have to play themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nancy's back, but she's playing her uh, real name, Heather Megan Clam Flamp or something. Uh, Heather. Um, John Saxon's back in it in a cell. But it does mean you've got to have Wes Craven acting in it. He's not the best actor. Uh, <laughs> he's only in one scene. <laughs> he's in more than that. He's like towards the end. He's in a fair bit when they're talking about like the script and there's, there's clever concepts there about like how he's writing it, but he's sort of. He's not writing it. And... It was very, um, it is well written. Like there, there's some very clever writing techniques and devices in this, um, particularly in the way they bring about the the conclusion, the finale of the film. Um, but yeah, like r- r- some really, some really clever and inventive horror yeah. in this. Yeah. But again, my criticism comes back of uh, this isn't a franchise that has many memorable lead characters. And the lead in this is someone that I, I don't... Obviously, I remember her because I've seen all of these movies in a week. But, like, I don't have much love for her character. She's not a character that stood out for me. But they play on that. They play on the fact that she's not this famous actress and she's sort of getting on with her life a bit. And then they want her to get back into the movie again. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and yeah, she's got a husband that works in the in the business and on the films, and um, and then John Saxon's there as a sort of friend, and you, you're you're viewing it all. You know, it, it it's all as if the Freddy films were movies, but now he is real. And he's out of the script, um, and Wes Craven's not ready. <laughs> um, I mean, if he could, you know, express that much emotion. We thought there were really strong uh, Babadook vibes. Yes, I never noticed before um, how much uh, the Babadook must have taken from it. Because it is quite, yeah. It, it kind of, because uh, she's a, a single mother. Well, is she, she single? Be- yeah, I mean, she becomes... A single mother. Yes, she becomes uh, a single mother. Spoilers, but it doesn't matter. These films came out fucking... (laughs) But it does feel like um, sort of a metaphor for a single mother um, struggling with a child with uh, mental issues. Yeah. Obviously, the the child starts to... um, Well, the the child kind of acts, uh, in my mind, a lot like uh, the kid in The Shining. Yeah, but, I mean, the kid's pretty fucking annoying in this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's the same little boy... That was in um, Pet Cemetery, the original, the old, uh, the Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. The Great old film. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's very like the Babadook, um, and you see bits of, as I was saying before, you see bits of scream um, coming through there. Yeah, the, the, the phone the call phone, scenes. Yeah, the phone calls because it's all about her getting phone stalked um, by a voice, you know, bringing up the sort of Freddy things. And you can see, like, where he's going. I mean, in Scream, no tongue comes out the phone in any way. Um, <laughs> but you can see, and with the whole the whole sort of meta film thing, and, you know, Scream itself is all sort of parody on slasher movies, and it all self-references, and it references Halloween and everything. So They definitely fit together. I mean, I, I would have liked to have seen uh, Scream and Freddy meet somehow in a yes. crossover. yes. But we, as uh, we watched Scream Four and we watched New Nightmare quite um, close together, and and they sort of you could see the similarities. Yeah, um, and, and enjoyed both. Yes. Now I think we should move on to uh, the final film that we watched in this uh, franchise, the most recent offering do, do from we the night. Have to. Do um, we have to really. Did I, you watch that remake? I, I did watch it. I watched Were you it. with me? I was. 
Sorry, I just it was it was pretty. It was an experience. Was it? Well, if you can call it that, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> You're really angry about sorry, this film. Sorry, sorry. Carry on. Sorry. Uh, so the most recent film, which is the remake of the original uh, The Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, and yeah, I agree with Mike. It was a waste of time and it was terrible. Um, they go for them for a bit more realism. He's sort of all burnt and um, he's l- less of a clown. He's more reserved. He's more sort of, uh, I don't know, you know. He's, he's just an angry nonce. Yeah, is basically what they what they turn him into. Yeah. I mean, he was always a bit noncey, but they go they go like, oh no, he's like a full on nonce. Yeah, I mean, because that was a scary thing growing up and watching the Freddy films, and he was that sort of the idea of the sort of caretaker in the school that might have been a murderer or something. Um, but yeah, they go full on with that idea, and they really and they talk about more. And it's more about, it's less about dreams and it's more about repressed memories and fucking, it's just full nonsense, well, weird abuse. I think they fuck up the entire concept because they barely even mention dreams. And like for a lot of the the horror and for a lot of the movies, uh, the characters don't need to be asleep um, yeah. to be attacked by Freddy. Like it, it all seems very inconsequential, the whole dreams thing. But then because they turn him into like full on like turbo nonce, he's like... <laughs> The whole dreams thing makes less sense. Like the whole thing was like he was meant to be this sort of uh, vengeful uh, cipher uh, that lives in the dream world. Uh, but this, he's just sort of like uh, he's a he's a dead nonce that's back for yeah. some reason. <laughs> yeah, there's no Robert England. This is recast. It's Jackie Earl Haley, um, who was Rorschach in the in the uh, Watchman. And Watchmen I don't think movie. this is his fault. No, he tries his hardest, but. I think it's just the way he's told to do it and the way is I don't know, it's just... Yeah, it's a weird one. And it just and, and when you've watched the first one and then you see that and it's got scenes sort of taken out of the first one, but just really rushed. And there's so, like, there's suspenseful sort of proper horror scenes, the bathroom scene, the bath mm-hmm. scene when he mm-hmm. gets his... And, you know, in the original, the way they filmed that, there was a stunt guy in a big tank under the water and he, like, was under there and sort of stuck his arm up and shit... And in this, they just piss all over that. It's like it's a second. It just happens like a second flash, and, yeah. and that—that's the whole film that happens. They just, they just completely rag over everything and shit on the memories of a great film. <gasps> they do do a lot of um, shot-for-shot remakes of scenes, um, but make them so much worse. <laughs> and again, about similar to, I think this movie is most similar to, um, was it Five? Where it just goes horrible. Dream Child, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 This yeah. is most similar to Dream Child. Yeah. In Why the... did they use that as the um, go-to <laughs> fucking inspiration point? It, the, the deaths aren't um, fun or cool or exciting. You know, like, they're not even like interesting. And wow, how have they done that? Because it's all like loads of it's yeah. fucking CGI anyway. Um, and this has got Rooney Mara as the um, Nancy as Nancy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, so it's got it's got a couple of good cast members in it, but it just it's just awful. <laughs> and it would have come out in two thousand ten, so I mean, around that time, it would have been competing with, um, you know, horror like the, the Saw franchise, um, well, basically anything that James Wan's been making for the last ten yeah. years, and. 
I, I think it's mad that like this is their offering. This is what they think would would but work. There, there wasn't much sort of that character-led horror that you had. Mm. I mean, obviously Jigsaw was one of the last sort of characters like that. But then, um, you know, back in the day, you had Freddy, Jason, Michael, Chucky, all this lot. Um, so you have lost that a bit. It must be really difficult though to remake this film uh, with a new actor playing Freddy because that actor has to decide what he's going to do with that character. Because you, you can't just do Robert England, And Robert England is the character. He's one of the few people in horror history to have such a rich history with a single character. Yeah, and he's gone on outside. He has a life outside of horror movies. He's been in adverts. He's been on TV programs, music videos, whatever. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it's a bold one to remake in itself. But as we said, they should have just fucking remade Dream Warriors. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Anyway, like, we've waffled on for far too long about yeah. these uh, we movies have... of varying quality. Yeah, I mean, there was, there's Freddy and Jason as well, which is 40 minutes of dross, uh, and then the great fight scene. Yeah, I, I remember actually <laughs> quite enjoying it. It's, it's, it's a bit fun. Yeah, but um, it's... Yeah, it is what it is. But you get to see Jason and Freddy face off. That was good enough for me. And there's uh, what the, the caterpillar bong stuff. I found quite entertaining. Good scene, yeah, yeah. But um, and he does kung fu in it. But he does that throughout the franchise. <laughs> You'll notice. Anyway, let's move on to our pitches. Okay, we're back for the pitch section where we pitch uh, ideas that have not been made this week about uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. It's your turn to go first, Mike. Yes, it is. Um, so, yeah, this is the strange one. Um, what do you go for? I think I'm going to go for a new Freddy movie, a new Nightmare on Elm Street uh-huh. edition. So a sequel. Yeah, um, but this is going to be set um, sort of in the world of new nightmares and the films have been made and he is a concept, but then uh, he's, he's a forgotten concept. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, it's called Dream Weapon, right? Yeah. Hear me, hear me out. It's called Dream Weapon, it's called is it? Dream Weapon. Hear me out, right? <laughs> is this the Freddy porno? No, no. Why would you go there? Because it's called a... Dream Weapon. Yes, because wait for the fucking plot. This is a Freddy movie reinvented as a political thriller. Action, a political action thriller. Okay. Right? So, the US government learns how to weaponize Freddy Krueger. Um, they use him to infiltrate terrorist groups um, and, uh, you know, just to, 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 for the war on terror, basically. You know, getting him... Think Sleeper Cell. The Manchurian uh, Kruger. <laughs> well, think Sleeper Cell, uh, Zero Dark Thirty, um, the Hurt Locker. Um, <laughs> you know, they're sending Freddy in. So, we've got John Kransky. Uh, from Quiet Place. Um, and, Krasinski. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jen, John, is that how you say it? Kransky? Krasinski? Krasinski, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim from The Office. <laughs> um, and, of course, uh, plays Jack Ryan. I'm thinking of letting him play Jack Ryan in this. This is a Jack Ryan and Freddy Krueger crossover. Okay. About weaponizing Freddy Krueger, the US government. So, Jack Ryan has to team up with dream therapist... Dana Rock, played by... Dana Ross. Dana Rock. Or whatever. Dana Rock, well. Should, could she be called Dana Ross? Okay, Dana Ross. 
um, played by Tessa Thompson. Okay, I mean, she'd make a great Diana Ross. She would, actually. This is not a Diana Ross uh, biopic. But I mean, like, you've already crossed over to... Jack Ryan, why can't Diana Ross we be We don't in have to have Jack Ryan. This was a last-minute, like, boom of inspiration. Okay. He, he originally was uh, U.S. government official Chuck Whistler. Chuck <laughs> that just, Whistler? That was just my name that I came up with for him. Uh, but then I thought, why not fucking make it a Jack Ryan crossover? Because the most random crossover would be Jack Ryan and Freddy Krueger. And Diana Ross. That would be and the Diana most Ross. random Look, crossover. I, d- I, d- I don't know why... Yeah, it would be more I random didn't... than your crossover... It would. We could have a Diana Ross and Supreme soundtrack. No, it would take away the political thriller. This is a political thriller. All right, mate. Right? So think, um, think, yeah, Jack Ryan. Think, um, you know, White House Down. Think, uh, no, but I'm thinking, like, it goes zero dark 30 kind of, kind of shit. Right, yeah, yeah, um, So, yeah, so... He assassinates Car- Bin Laden. Yeah. <laughs> Tessa Thompson is a dream therapist and she's like obsessed with the Freddy films and she's obsessed with Freddy and she's been in a dream and stuff mm-hmm. and so she teams up with John Kransky they have the idea of uh, weaponizing Freddy I think she just wants to find Freddy and maybe destroy him I don't know uh, they go to Morgan Freeman their boss um, and they have to take it obviously to the President of the United States here played by Glenn Close Cool. So, um, so, so I want like a serious political action thriller, but we're Freddie right in there, um, and we, you know, we deal with issues uh, much like Zero Dark Thirty or Hurt Locker, shit like that did. Um, and I'm thinking of of uh, bringing Robert England back, but taking it very seriously. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? I mean, I'm worried that we're going to lose some of the humour. You know my feelings on the humour of the Freddy franchise. Okay, okay, but I'm not going in a grim element. I'm taking this whole sort of he can. Okay, he can be a bit of he can have some good wise cracks, and he can we can we can give Freddy some political satire dialogue. Uh, get him to really, and he starts like saying some important shit. I mean, if you get him to like I don't know murder Trump with a pencil, I'm all for it. But well, he's got, he's got a glove. He doesn't need a pencil. It's, it's I want, you want like inventive deaths. Oh yeah, of course is what you I'm do. saying. Of course you do. And this would be loads of inventive deaths, but like you know, in, yeah, in military just be waterboarding scenario. people in Guantanamo. <laughs> <laughs> but he'd be getting them in their dreams, so he can do anything, and it'd be those people's dreams. You know, you know what this should be called? What dreams <laughs> of the Taliban? Or like no something like you know like 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 uh, like drone warrior. <laughs> <laughs> yes, now you're getting it. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So that's what I was thinking, really. Um, I mean, my original idea, because um, I don't know if we touched on this before, but uh, Freddie says bitch a lot. This is why I said bitch at the beginning of the podcast. I wasn't being a tit. (laughs) um, He says bitch a lot. Originally, I thought maybe he should work with dogs. Maybe he should be some sort of shepherd. Um, (laughs) You know, the bitch. Uh, Maybe he's got a dog grooming business. Anyway, that's not that's a whole different idea. But I went with the uh, Jack Ryan political thriller. You know, Freddie. I don't know how we go at the end. Whether he goes against, uh, like you know, the U.S. government or whether you know the table turns. I don't know what John and Tessa have to do or Jack Ryan. I quite like this idea that he gets weaponized. Uh, I think it'd be dead funny if this was uh, one of those sort of like uh, 80s, like super sort of like patriotic um, uh, Cold War movies where he's 
uh, he's basically uh, used by the American government, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but then, like, you know, he he doesn't like being used as uh, an arm of the government. He kind of resents that. But then, like, Russia attacks and Freddy goes all, like, patriotic. Yes. And yes. then he, like, he, he attacks the Ruskies. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that With would his be, big, like, long arms. Dead funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and racist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that kind of thing, I'm thinking. I'm thinking taking Freddy into sort of political uh, action thriller territory. Okay. Yeah, no, it's strong. It's a strong idea. Right? And I just thought, well, why not whack Jack Ryan in there? Mm. Uh, you know, or Jim from The Office. Are you thinking Wes Craven should come back to direct this? I'm thinking Wes Craven and Catherine Bigelow. I think, you know who I think could really make this work? Whom? Aaron Sorkin. Yep. He could make the dialogue sing. West Wing's Aaron Sorkin. I'm thinking of a freeway between Sorkin, Craven, and Bigelow. I'm thinking about that as well. <laughs> that really is a nightmare. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, maybe those guys could work together. Sorkin and Craven write it together and produce it. Catherine Bigelow directs. Bang. You've yeah. got an Oscar for Freddy, the first Oscar. Finally, an Oscar for Glenn Close as well. Yes, yes, as the president. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. This has got Oscars all over it. I want to. We've always wanted to get Freddie to the Oscars, and one day, imagine how happy Robert Englund would be. Do you know how this movie has to end? How? With Freddie in the White House. Yes, becoming the next president. And <laughs> yeah, because then it could work as sort of like a like satire a, on a, Trump, a modern satire. Yeah, because because. Uh, you see? Who's a bigger reality star than Freddy Krueger? Exactly. No, yeah, I really like this idea. And then maybe you could have an image of Trump with a Freddy glove at the end. Uh, that's a bit, I think that's <laughs> yeah, a bit yeah, much. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But I think go he should full. definitely wear a red MAGA hat at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's make go America full. scared again. Let's go full Black Klansman at the end. <laughs> or let's make America dream again. That would be his slogan. Yes! That would be his actual make... campaign slogan. Why have they never done that in the film? <laughs> not? They must have done some sort of... I'm sure there must be some American recruitment military adverts that have used Freddy. <laughs> if they haven't, they missed a tree. Uh, cool, yeah. So, uh, Freddy in the White House. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's my go now. It um, is. We are pitching movies that we think would be good additions to the Nightmare on Elm Street series. I've got a few little ideas uh, that I thought you could help... Uh, expand with me okay we're going to start with you know you know the the lesser of the ideas so quite an obvious one really um i'd quite like to see michael versus jason right so we've had jason versus oh Oh, sorry michael versus freddy Freddy, yeah i was gonna say well where's freddy going he just pops in in the end um I mean, all of them. You could have any. You could have really. a triple threat. I feel like that should be the twist in the final section of the film. Is that act? Is that like the third one comes in yeah, in like the last yeah, fifteen minutes? Yeah. that'd be a proper holy shit moment in the cinema yeah, if you didn't know. Yeah, and then at the end credits, Chucky appears. Um, yeah, well, I'm bored with that. <laughs> um, but uh, hey, fellas, <laughs> yeah, guys, um, fuck off. <laughs> we don't want you here. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, that could work. Um, again, y- yeah. How would you incorporate it? I mean, the way sort of they incorporate Freddy and Jason's more as a sort of nightmare and Elm Street film at first, isn't it? And then they take it to Crystal Lake, Camp Crystal Lake. 
but it's mainly it's quite more a heavy nightmare film i would say yeah but i think if you look at the settings of the nightmare movies uh, particularly the early ones and look at the settings of halloween very similar like yeah. the the suburban setting is is very very similar i'm pretty yeah. sure they were filmed in similar parts of the country they are um because i hear a lot of people go to both sets on little film pilgrimages yeah. which i would love to do one day they're on the east coast yeah. um let's go movie bong tour Woo! <laughs> um but yeah so like I, I could totally see these guys uh bumping into each other um, you know, like, who knows? Maybe Springfield's just down the road from Haddonfield. In his dreams? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, does, I mean, does, Mike... does Michael Myers dream? <clears throat> well, yeah, I suppose he does. Like, um, one thing where I think this this could really work is, uh, you know, we're in the Halloween franchise, right? At the end of each movie, he gets, um, he gets killed or stabbed or he basically goes away for a bit uh, until the next Halloween. Um... You see him a lot, sort of. He tends to rest in between these movies. There, are, there are scenes of him sort of like hibernating for long periods of time, and he's sort of, you know, he's he's a, he's asleep, he's resting, he's dreaming. Yeah. You know, it's the perfect time for Freddy to get him. Yeah. Uh, he basically attacks Michael on his downtime. Yeah. In yeah. between Halloweens. Yeah. Um, would you have Nancy? Nancy. <laughs> Sorry, that's talking about Freddy. Um, would you have Nancy? Would you have? Or like a character like, um, you know, Laurie, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween, you know, would you have any of those characters in it? Or Yeah, I mean, that's that's the tricky bit with, uh, with writing this and how to make it sort of, uh, you know, because we kind of actually just want an excuse to watch these two fight, but yeah. we actually... We are meant to write a movie as well. Well, that was the problem. <laughs> that was the problem with Freddie and Jason. Though you had forty minutes of this plot that they were just trying to write just to get them to fight for the next half yeah. hour. Um, so uh, they're tricky to get right in any way. I would think these films. But Freddie versus Jason was very fun, and I think you could make this fun too. Yeah, but this is more. You know, it is more of an obvious um, fight. It's another horror character. Um, it's not. Jack Ryan from Clear and Present Danger or Patriot Games, which I put forward. Um, but I could see, you know, you kind of want these characters to fight. I'd love to. I always wanted like a computer game, like Tekken or something, mm. like Street Fighter 2, but with all horror characters. There must have been that. Like Jason, Chucky, um, Pinhead, you know, Freddy. Pennywise. Pennywise, Pumpkinhead even. Um, you know, Leatherface, just all the gang. Yeah, that would be really cool. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. You can play as Freddy in Mortal Kombat. Right. That's pretty yeah. cool. Well, there you go. Um, my next idea is something that I think would work as a, a sequel to, um, you know, it, it would basically like, it would just slot right in there alongside any of the other films. And, um, and that is basically a main character from one of the films at the end of one of the films, like... Uh, they get attacked by Freddy and they go into a coma. Yes. And this film is about them surviving a coma because I would have thought like, that's the worst thing that could possibly happen to you. If you were fighting uh, Freddy uh, and if, if he attacked you and put you into a coma, then you're sort of like uh, trapped. Yeah. In a you massive can't, dream. Cause you can't wake up from a coma. It's but not I mean, just people a, do wake up. <laughs> well, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. You're trapped in this sort of, in this state. It works alongside Dream Warriors, this idea. Um, because then the main character 
would basically like learn skills and uh, adapt their talents to the dream world. Like they would get used to fighting within the dream world much quicker because they literally live within it. It's not a thing that they only go to when they sleep. They only exist within the dream world in this film. Um, so I think they would get better at using skills. And I like that. I like when they start fighting back against Freddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's the dream. Uh, as we were saying, the Dream Warriors make either a great film or a great TV series or even a great cartoon. Yeah, it really would. No, no, totally would. Um, so that, that's pretty much my idea. You know, like I, I think it. I think that device would uh, lend itself very well to the Freddy franchise. And I'm surprised they didn't do something similar to this in the in the franchise already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can make a whole thing, you know, characters like Dream Police versus uh, Freddy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you could have whole characters, um, whole toy franchises. I mean, this could, could the Time right. Police come into it, Mike? The Time Police always come into it because we know not to speak ill of the Time Police. We do. Um, yeah, no. The, the, yeah, yeah. All Police Academy. Uh, moving on to my next idea, uh, probably one of my silliest ideas of this. Uh, I think it'd be dead funny if uh, there was a Nightmare on Elm Street movie where um, Freddy uh, reproduces uh, and he gives birth to a mini Freddy. Um, and then he like sort of like teaches this mini Freddy the way of the Kruger. And well, like, is that not Dream Child though? I mean, it goes a bit. Yeah, but it's shit Dream Child. Yeah, yeah. And I hate it. <laughs> yeah. This is this is a better oh, Dream yeah, Child. This is just you remaking Dream Child. <laughs> um, yeah, this is Dream Child too. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and he sort of teaches uh, the the Dream Child sort of like how to uh, reap. Uh, people in their dreams uh, but then as the movie goes on uh, the 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 miniature freddy uh, kind of becomes a bit of a good guy and right. helps vanquish old freddy right. is this a bit like dr evil and mini me yeah 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 um right yeah could you yeah. not see that in with his like little little jumper on you could have like it, it like i know troy verner's dead but he would have been perfect Vern troyer is it troy verner Vern troyer Vern troyer um if he was still alive, yeah, he would be perfect, but uh, he's not. <laughs> uh, next idea... I don't know why I laughed there. ...would be to do uh, a straight reboot of the original, but although we have spoke earlier about a reboot of Dream Warriors working better, um, because obviously they fucked up the reboot... Um, really did. ...in 2010. But I think all you really need... Uh, are a couple elements to make it fly. Uh, I mean, I've actually only got one element that I think would make it work, and that is if you cast Freddy Krueger as Andy Serkis. Yeah? Would he not go all motion capture and CGI and weird? Would you thinking, like, because Freddy's all about the makeup, all about looking yeah. Freddy. If it's Andy Serkis, he'll fucking look like King Kong or something. Smeagol. You do know, like, Andy Serkis is in loads of movies where he plays a human. No, no, never seen one. <laughs> really? No, I have. Okay, I have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I could name a load. The Cottage, Black Panther. Ian Drury one. Yeah, the Ian Drury Chappie. one. Yeah, that's not the Ian Drury one. No, those are two different <laughs> movies. Yeah. Uh, anyway, like, I think he would be a really good uh, Freddy. I think that he would bring a lot of physicality to it. I think, you know, he can play angry, but he can do comedy as well. Um, he's good at uh, physical humour. 
I, I think he could really work for this. Who would you cast if you had to cast a female Freddy? And we went Ghostbusters and we made a female. We, make, we got a female Freddy. So you got a female Freddy. It's, you know, I always go to Hilary Swank. Yeah, well, come on. It was a bit obvious, Hilary Swank. I mean, like, I don't really see the point of a, of a female Freddy, to be honest. It doesn't really... But why not? Charlie well, because Crone. Freddy isn't a very common woman's name. So you're going to have to, like, <laughs> well, rename yeah. Frida. her. Frida. Yeah. Renny Zellweger why... is Frida. <laughs> why don't you just make a new uh, villain that was female? Yeah. Or concentrate on an older horror villain that was female? I'm just saying. I assumed that you were going to make... Freddy Trans <laughs> in one of your pitches, just you know, just just as a uh, an idea. I, I I don't know where I got that from. But. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think Andy Circus would be a good Freddy. Uh, what else? Oh yeah, like I'm kind of surprised they didn't do one w- which sort of features parallel universes. <coughs> Maybe uh, alternate realities, alternate Freddy Kruegers. Yes. In a sort of uh, enter the Freddyverse, yes. if you will. You could get different actors. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you could um, have like the miniature Freddy. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Hart. Um, yeah. <laughs> as the both the black and miniature Freddy. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and and that's where the female Freddy would fit in. And now, yeah, that yeah, does yeah, work. Yeah. It does so work that in works. that situation. Like, like the Red Dwarf episode where everyone's female. Um, you know, like that. You know who I think <laughs> would do would have a lot of fun with it. Who? Alison Brie. Yes, yes, I can see that. I think she'd have a lot of fun with that. Selma Hayek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Why don't we just female up all the killers? Candyman uh, is now... Um, Leslie Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah! <laughs> Michael Myers, Michelle Myers is... Kristen Vig. Yeah, there we go. Um, oh, we're definitely ruining movies yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with Chucky, it's already been done. It's, um, what's her name? Uh, Meg Tilly, whatever. Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly, yeah, that's one. Her sister's Meg. Um yeah, interesting. Um, and then my final idea, yeah. uh, and another one that I'm really surprised they didn't do. I think this franchise would be a perfect candidate for this uh, sort of technique, which is to turn Freddy, the bad guy, into a good guy. You know, uh, Terminator 1 into Terminator 2? Yes. You get Terminator Judgment, t- Judgment Day, well, and it's yeah. one of the greatest action movies ever when you when arnie becomes a good guy like you spend that whole first movie him being bad and evil i think freddie is the perfect candidate to turn into a good guy you basically just need to find some worse evil for him to fight who's worse well i'd say some sort of um dark darker magic some sort of uh like hell related well i've sort of done this and i wasn't sure about turning him good in mind because he is going against the war on terror yeah no he is a so I don't know whether to have what way to go with him and how, like... That's quite satirical as well, the yeah. idea of Freddy fighting the war on terror. Exactly. A um, lot of levels. Yeah, Woo-hoo. no, no, that's good. It's like an onion. Because <laughs> like it an makes onion. me cry. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, but, it, you know, it, it all depends on what the horror, horror landscape is at the time when you release this. I mean, we were, we were talking a lot about um, the original, how... 
um or, or with, with with scream how wes craven sort of kicked off the slasher genre again but sort of ruined it slightly when he triggered not his fault but he triggered sort of i know what you imitations did last summer. yeah and then everything became that sort of weird and 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 then it was how to fit freddie back in that in 2010 they just they, they waited till then and then they fucked it up yeah and i think this just like really opens it up to i I think this would be a real fan favourite. Like, if you were into the Nightmare franchise and you were a Freddy fan, I think that you would love an opportunity to really get behind him as a character. To really feel like he was on your side, just for once, just for a bit. Like, ultimately, at the end of the film, he's not going to be a squeaky clean nice guy. We are going to make him still bad. But I think it'd be really cool to to be on Freddy's side for a bit. But... He murders children. Yeah, but not in this film. Right. So he hasn't murdered any children. Well, I suppose he, he has, has in the, bar, in the he, past. He's reformed. Well, no, he's not a reformed guy. I think you just... It's like you didn't listen to the sentence <laughs> I just said. The whole point is, like, he is still a bad guy. Yeah. It's just that he comes up against worse evil. Yeah. I know, but there's bad guys, and then there's child murderers, and then there's nonces. I mean, we're... Well, I'm saying, like, 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 at, like pitch black evil as in like the dark as yeah, in like like satanic, like, like hell you know destroying Earth. the black void the yeah, devourer yeah, of worlds yeah, yeah but essentially you want a nonce hero that's what we're going with here oh right i see how you i see how you're really trying to pin me down on this <laughs> i'm just saying that's just how, well, how no, people no. may perceive it but that's the thing is like i don't think that he is a nonce i don't think the character no, is yeah. a nonce i think that's just a shitty thing they build into the remake yeah but he is a child murderer. He's a child murderer. A teenage murderer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he didn't even kill children. Yeah. And all Get those... off his back. <laughs> they, were of, they were of consenting age. Yeah, and all those teenagers were played by 30-year-olds anyway. So. And like, if they didn't want to get murdered, they shouldn't have worn that, you know? Yeah, yeah, good point. They were asking for it, going yeah. to bed, sleeping, dreaming, yeah. having they... herbal teas. Yeah, what do they think was going to happen if they go to sleep? Then not get slaughtered by a fucking dream killer. You know, I'm glad. I, you know, I am on Freddy's side. Yes, I'm glad all those people died in those horrific ways, like smashing into a TV or but going inside a computer game or whatever. What an absolute lad. Yes. Good on you, Freddy. Um, Cracking jumper as well. We haven't even gone into the iconic jumper. I know. Great hat. Great jumper. Red and green. And at no point do you get Christmassy vibes. That's very difficult to pull off. He's got great style. And he's more flamboyant than the others uh, killers, you know. He, he, because he's gayer. Yeah, yeah. He's got it, and he's flaunting it. He's he's, he's Freddy Krueger, style icon. <laughs> that cool. glove. That glove. Uh, no, I'm I'm a big fan of gay icon Freddy Krueger. Long may he reign. And ha- yeah, so you you enjoyed the franchise as a whole. <laughs> I enjoy Freddy as a whole. I yes. enjoy the character of Freddy and, and Robert England's performance is phenomenal. Yes. I'd um, say the character and the overall concept yeah. is fantastic. And what it did to the genre, it made yes. it more inventive and it, it, it made slashes go a bit more surrealist, take more risks, take more chances. Yeah. Because they're coming for you in your dreams. And this podcast is, well, it's not. No, I don't want to scare you. It's okay to fall asleep. Um, just, you know, be careful in your dreams. That's that's a very strange. Well, I don't. I, I'm just saying. Thing to say. Well, is it? It's on point. It's on. You know, we're talking about 
dream, the, the ultimate dream killer, Freddy. We're talking about Nightmare. Cool. Well, uh, stay safe, kids. <laughs> See, that's creepier. That's weirder. And that's what they do at the end of, like, Watchdog or fucking Crime Watch. Not Watchdog. Crime Watch. Like, oh, good night. Take care. Don't die. All right, well, how do you want to sign off? <laughs>